You're listening to Gordon Clark on Hospital Radio Medway. Hi, today I'm going to be talking about the Medway Queen, which is down at Gillingham Pier. And I've got Brian here from the Medway Queen Preservation Society, who's going to tell us a bit about their work. The Medway Queen was originally built back in 1923, would you believe, and was used as a pleasure craft doing the Strood, Chatham, Southend and Hearn Bay route, with the odd excursions in between. Then, of course, the war occurred, and the ship was requisitioned for the war. It was used for mine sweeping, and it played a part in Operation Dynamo, where it was estimated that the ship evacuated 7,000 men and also shot down three aircraft, which is uh, quite a feat. After the war, it was refitted out, returned to civilian use, and worked the route to South End again until 63. By then, the trips on the Medway Queen and other paddle steamers and that weren't so popular, and it went into disrepair for a while, until it was bought in 65 and taken over to the Isle of Wight, where it became a restaurant and nightclub. And that lasted till the, the sort of mid eighties and eighty four. It was moved back to Medway on a pontoon because it wasn't seaworthy at the time. And then the Medway Queen Preservation Society became involved. And that's why I've got Brian here because he knows about the Medway Queen Preservation Society. She come back to the Medway with a blaze of glory being towed all the way around the coast on the pontoon. People turned out on the riverbank in their thousands, literally on a Sunday night, to see this, the return of the Medway Queen, only to be slightly disappointed because this rusty hulk was being towed up the river. And uh, people come and looked at it, took photographs, and it was then put alongside the Sun Pier to what they could do with it. And, of course... It had problems, that's why it had come back on a pontoon. The people who owned the pontoon wanted it back because it cost a lot of money and it was being donated. They said, well, it's got to be in the dockyard. But, of course, to their disappointment in all the time that it had taken to get together and come round, the dockyard had closed down. So they thought, well, it's, there's the facilities in the dockyard. So they took it off the pontoon and put it alongside the dockyard wall where it promptly sunk. Then we had a problem from there. So for many, many years of uh, press coverage and general uh, support from the public, come on, Dockyard, you've got to get it in there. You've got the facilities on there because the Dockyard was being bought and made into a private enterprise. You've got a dry dock. Why can't we have the Medway Queen? No, we don't want anything. So it went on for many, many years. When it first came back, the Medway Queen Preservation Society didn't actually exist no, so when it come back, that was mostly the uh, tug owners and people who had been going down to the Isle of Wight to keep her going, to keep her repaired. I think they've just run out of money. Marshall Vine, who walked along the riverbank or the dockside one, one time and saw the wreck of the Midway Queen by now, he put a sign up that if anybody is interested in supporting this uh, old veteran, uh, get in touch. And he started off the... Midway Queen Preservation Society, right from the start where they had to get money together to buy this lump of metal and wreck. But, of course, she was getting into a worse and worse state. 
You could stand on the quayside and listen to the water all swilling around inside, breaking all the lovely woodwork off the walls or the bulkheads, and uh, becoming even worse. The heroes at the time were people who would go out at any time the tide was out and lower themselves into the ship and dig the mud out. could be like Sunday morning at three o'clock in the middle of the winter. They did this only the following Sunday to go back and dig the same mud out. But they kept it going. And in the meantime, the uh, reaction and the public was uh, milling around and trying to support her. So then the Medway Preservation Society came into existence. Yes, he, uh, Marshall started it up. And uh, as they said, they started with pens and pencils at fairs and fates and trying to get some money together. And uh, over the years, of course, it's got more professional. But that's that's how they started. Well, we were looking for a, somewhere to take it. And one day, the uh, owner of a small business at Damhead Creek over at Who, he said, well, I, I've got a small business over here for breaking up ships. He said, would you like to, to bring it here? And uh, we were grateful for anywhere. So someone from Sheerness donated a tug. He was uh, fog-bound at Sheerness on the set day, and everyone slept on board the quayside or in their cars waiting for this tug to come up overnight. But the next day it, it turned up and it was towed down to Damed Creek. It took uh, a long time. There was nothing really holding it up apart from a few patches, seaweed and mud. There was people on board watching for leaks to come through the side of the ship. The ship was escorted down the river by the police and port of uh, Medway authorities. And although I wasn't there, I fully expected to turn on the radio the next day and hear that the Medway Queen had sunk mid-channel and all you could see would be the funnel and the mast. She got towed down to Damhead Creek, where we was met for many years. And it was forever grateful because we never paid any rent down there. We fitted up cabins with uh, workshops mess hut, display shop, and we was there, and it, it turned out very well. The um, volunteers all turned to, a lot of them even slept on board over the weekends, and she'd come back to what she looked like originally. But of course, she was in a very frail state. So the next stage in the journey then, would that be trying to raise lottery funds? Right, after? yes, good old lottery. People who have had um, dealings with the lottery, so it's very involved. We over the period of time, applied three times. First time, okay, we, we just had a man who handled our uh, lottery application, and uh, we failed. Fair enough, we thought, well, we, none of us know anything about the lottery, really. The, the second time, we thought, well, there's a bit of money coming in, so we'll spend that money on paying prof professional people to do the jobs, like magic words of feasibility studies, and risk assessments, and um, other things that we still don't know much about. So every time we wanted a risk assessment, or that, we paid for it. And finally, we submitted our application, and I even picked the two um, officers from Rochester Station and took them down. I said, my name is Brian Goodhue, and uh, I said, what do you know actually about paddle steam? She says, absolutely nothing. So <laughs> I thought, well, we're off to a flying start. And although they brought a professional person with them, which was the answer, uh, and we had them in the tea hut out there, and we even bought, us, bought them some custard creams, but it was one girl didn't say much at all, and the other girl, all she kept saying was, there's not a lot of money in the pot. There's not a lot of money in the pot. 
Do you really go on with it? There's not a lot of money in the pot. And it was got to like the goon show. <laughs> it, 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 it was really, you know, embarrassing. So when it actually got heard, we got turned down by the fact that we didn't have any heritage. Now, right. when you think of the heritage that's behind the Medway Queen, and it's still, it's still um, all working for the Medway Queen, um, there was quite, she was saying, uproar, which even ended up in the Houses of Parliament. It was said to the lottery officer, why can't you help the Medway Queen? He said, well, perhaps we can help the Medway Queen. While we were down there, of course, we were getting worse and worse, and there was a storm one night, and when we got down there the next morning, there was a, a large hole in the side of the ship. And we thought, no, this is it. You know, they, 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 this is the end of the line. We've been 20 years trying to keep her going, but no, we can't repair this. The, the next day, the phone rang and the lottery says, oh, hello, uh, we're coming down to see you next week. I took them around, as I had done in the past. I, I didn't hold any pun, uh, pull any punches. I just said, well, that big hole there is what we need your money for. That rusty bit there is what we want. You know, and I really told them exactly what we're after. And uh, uh, I thought, well, that's the end of that, because lucky enough the tide was out so they could walk around the ship. So we, we just shrugged our shoulders and thought that was it. The following week, the phone rang and said, oh, Glad to tell you that we've, uh, we're going to give you £1.8 million. Now, I can honestly tell you there was grown-up people crying. They were crying their eyes out because at that time we thought we'd made it and, uh, you know, the answer to their prayers. But when you looked at the ship, we had to have it surveyed, uh, what was worth doing and what wasn't. Also, we had to find a firm that would actually do the job of bringing the ship back to life because, yeah. you know, we were out on the marshes with uh, hammers and spades and, and uh, spanners. After a lot more many months and negotiations, we put the contract out for charter. The lottery had come in to say that it must be restored to the original 1924 plans. Yeah. So which are all riveted. Where on earth, after all these years, because there hasn't been a riveted ship for 50 years, where do you find riveters? The uh, GMB Union are on our side, and they found retired riveters, and in the process we did get another way of um, doing the riveting, because any of your listeners will remember the riveting, uh, the rivet was warmed up on the quayside um, into white hot and thrown through the air why a man would catch it on the deck and put it in the hole that was already drilled. Well, a bit different now. But anyhow, we did get several people apply for the contract, but the one that the lottery chose, because it was their money really, was the one at Bristol. Mr David Abels had a small little um, well, dry dock, and he had made yachts and small boats up to now, and uh, very handy, because he was only uh, about 100 yards from the SS Great Britain, so we thought, well, people will come and see us as well. He took on the contract. We were signed in Chatham Dockyard. When they looked at the Medway Queen, there was only, well, uh, about 40% of the ship that was actually recoverable. So the word is that we had to sympathetically decompose her and take the rest of it down to Bristol. And he took five years riveting and bring all these bits and pieces together. The apprentices at the Appledore shipyard in um, down in Devon done the funnel, and uh, the, the steam 
a fiddly, which is the bottom bit of the a funnel, which I don't know what a, fid- what a fiddly is. But, right. um, and no one's told me that yet. Uh, anyhow, he was there for five years and um, put it all together, and you've got what we've got now. So it was all dismantled and shipped there on by yes, yes, yes. lorry, road yes, transport. Yes, £1,000 yeah. a time. A lorry load of our parts took a £1,000 a time. Yeah. So to give you an idea, and then when they got down there, the lorry got through their dock gates within about two inches each side. <laughs> so luckily we didn't have anything overhanging. We all went down now and again to see how things were going. Finally, because we, in the meantime, the Medway Council had um, come to our side and we'd taken on the premises at Gillingham Pier, which is a workshop, and uh, the GMB got us a little visitor centre. But, of course, we wanted the ship back. So, you know, riveting is very slow. This was very slow, but we wanted the ship back. And uh, with the promise of the fact that we would finish it off down here, she was released, and uh, we sent the tugs down to pick her up. Because even then, the, it wasn't on our side, because the insurance, that she'd all been tested, made sure she was seaworthy. And when she was pulled out the dock, we had to wait for a suitable gap in the weather. 48 hours they was demanding. So she went down to Avonmouth and sat there and waited. And of course, the tugs are not cheap. Very yeah. expensive. But um, there we are. Mr. Pratt, we owns his tug. At, he's based at Lower Rainer Road, Gillingham. Very nice man. And he runs it as a family concern. Uh, very experienced uh, man. And he pulled around on a Friday. Pulled her out on a Friday. We was all watching on computers where he was going and what's happening. People on the Isle of White, Isle of White was uh, standing by to give her a wave. But he went past there on a, uh, seven on a Sunday morning and there was not many people up on Isle of Wight on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Anyway, he did very well. He left uh, Avermouth uh, Friday afternoon and he was off Herm Bay on um, Monday morning, 8 o'clock. Yeah. My goodness, she's, she's here, she's here, you know. So they decided, no, stop there because we want people to see her come up the river. So the next best tide was uh, 1 o'clock the, the next day, which is a Tuesday. I got on Radio Kent yeah. and said that anybody wants to see the Medway Queen that will be coming up. Uh, the Medway about one o'clock Tuesday and I was so impressed there was hundreds hundreds of people down the Strand uh, down Gillingham Pier there was five radio stations including BBC Worldwide we'll say and I'll give interviews to five stations and uh, I even had a help on that and of course the two television local television firms was down there it was a marvellous occasion of course she come back where she still is now, at Gillingham Pier. Yep. What year was that she came back? September 2013. As you say, you've got your visitors centre down there, got the workshops. Well, we got the workshops. We had apprentices, and a lot of your listeners will remember that apprentices used to be for five years. Well, a bit different now, like everything else nowadays. Uh, it's a two- or three-year apprentice. We had um, carpenters, metal workers. They built us a gangway. Uh, electricians so you know it, it was fun concern but of course in the time it took to come back uh, they've now left um, but I would say the 10 apprentices we've got or did have uh, have all got full-time jobs yeah oh, now true. the problem we're up against there is it's quite reasonable to pay for apprentices it's not them it's the tutors and the teachers that take the money yeah so uh, we're looking around for volunteers in all departments <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> with it this is the, the next thing, isn't it? 
that obviously there's still a lot of work um, going on. Well, what happens is on a on on a Saturday we are open on a Saturday from eleven to three. Seems to be the right thing to do. People come down, and uh, we've got official guides who will take you around the visitor centre, tell you the backup of the Dunkirk campaign, and take you on board and give you a cup of tea and set you down. Now, we're very impressed with this. Well, I'm personally impressed because we get people from all over the world. And you think, because we ask them all where you come from. Oh, I'm from Australia. Oh, I'm from South Africa. And what has happened, they are children that live locally here. And they've grown up. And part of their childhood was to go for a trip on the Railway Queen to South End. And a marvellous, you know, in a child's mind, that was a wonderful thing to do. And they've always remembered it. And uh, they, although they've gone to other parts of the world, they've come back. And um, one, one of their parts of being uh, the visit to the British Isles is to come and see the Midway Queen. Yeah. The, this one, the special one, she says, oh, I come from South Africa. She says, I've come over. Uh, people at Gillingham, if they go to Gillingham Pier, you'll see that it is surrounded with flats, new flats being built. And this woman said she'd come over to visit her son who just bought a flat. He said, she says, I went into this room and opened the curtains. And um, what's in front of me? She says, the Midway Queen. She says, oh, I went on there as a child. And of course she wanted to come and see it. Really interesting down there. It's well worth a visit. Right. As well as raising money to carry on the preservation work, because it's still ongoing. You've got, is it the actual engines going in, steam engines? Well, what we've got, what you'll see on board, you'll see that um, we haven't got a boiler. And although you'll see the original engines that you would have stood there and watched going round and watching the engineers grease this and polish that, of course you've got to remember from the engine's point of view, they were underwater for many years. They've been put back, they've been cleaned and put back, and they're all there, and they have turned them over with um, compressed air. Of course, and the boiler, that was the whole reason that she went out of service in the first place, we do need... A boiler. Now, the boiler is a colossal amount of money. And the ship will have to be towed to a, a shipyard to have these two jobs to be done. Boiler made and installed and the engine room to be finished off. Now, can if anybody tell me where in England there is a proper shipyard left? Uh, I don't know. Uh, in my opinion, and which means a lot, a lot only to me, is that uh, it will probably have to be towed across to Germany or Holland. And as long as you've got the money, you just give them the money and they do the job. But that's what you'll find. But the aft saloon, which was the big area that a lot of people would have gone into and have a meal and sit down and have a snack and watch the scenery going past, uh, that's all available. And the lower saloon aft, which was a lounge, where we're just moving into a first saloon will be where we're going to have, hopefully, jazz clubs, jazz nights. Because we've got to start earning money. The £5 that we charge for a guided tour doesn't go too far. So we've got to look now to earn money. So the the Arf Saloon will be an open area where we've already had two wedding receptions. One was a man whose friends all were in Australia and New Zealand. And it was his golden golden wedding anniversary. And he hired the ship. And all these people come over... And um, because it was an unusual venue, and they they had this golden wedding anniversary party with complete with jazz band out the front bit, and the music floated through 
and people in the after saloon could sit and listen and also talk. Um, Pat Cooper, the, our local councillor, she renewed her wedding vows on there, a nice little ceremony on a Saturday afternoon. But that was very nice. But we've, we've got to develop this, and uh, that will be in the after saloon, a nice space with a, a bar. And also, uh, we do have uh, annual general meetings in there. Nice big space. Of course, she brought back 7,000 troops from Dunkirk in nine days. So to reenact this, we've got about 2,000 soldiers in all kinds of dances and things, making out that that is Dunkirk and you can rescue a soldier. So when you come down, you can buy a soldier. The lower soon, what we're doing at the moment, we're just getting into there and converting it and painting it up. That will be a Dunkirk memorial area with all kinds of placards and photographs and things. In the forward saloon, which we opened last year, we've got donated some lovely round tables. So we've we've called that the Naffy style tea bar. Yeah. The galley, the the original galley, we do use for uh, cups of tea, coffee, etc. for coach parties, and people can get their drinks and go and sit in the naffy style tea bar and just talk and in the forward saloon lower saloon which was only used occasionally in peacetime they we've got a like a presentation room just like in a, in a quiet library with a load of ta- chairs and you can sit there and we can have lectures and talks and things uh, but we have um, a screen on the wall and projection so yeah. we can have a demonstration and and uh, that's a nice little room down there. But uh, please come and see us, because one of the questions, as per usual, how long is it before we see it go down the river? And I said, well, there's only one answer which will affect all that, and it's money. It's money, because when you've got this bit of money, you can afford to do this. Many of the jobs we've actually paid for the professional, but we do need volunteers in all departments. Now, when I mean all departments, I do mean ranging from are you a retired plumber, painter, decorator, metal worker, we've got a welding shop, uh, that end of the scale, right down to can you come along, sweep the floors, clean the windows, polish the brass, well, just help in general. Or, like we've got these open days coming up, come along on the days and take people around or you get trained up as a guide and, um, you know, help us out in general. I think they all summed up as being a friend of the Medway Queen. There's a whole range of areas where yep. people could help out. Not just, as you say, technical skills, woodworking, network, electricians, That's whatever. Right. There's also the looking after the visitors, running the visitor centre. That's right. And, and guides we, and everything. We do so. need office staff as well. We've got a nice little warm office that you can go and see. We've got people, we've got a major, uh, membership secretary. She comes along and uh, just does a day's work on that to keep the membership going. We have a treasurer, Janet. She comes along and sorts the money out. We've got people who look after our website. But um, we do need a few more in that direction. Exactly. Just come along and see us. You don't have to say you're going to do anything. Come and see. See see what we can offer. See the ship. Have a look around. Have a cup of tea. Come along. Have a talk to the people involved in the different departments. Have a look at the departments. See what you think. And come back to us and say, well, I can do that. You know, we'll just be grateful for your, your input. Also, as well as the uh, website, they can phone up 01634 Yes, the, the only point about that is we it is at the moment, until we get perhaps 
some lady or woman who wants to take over, uh, that is operated by um, volunteers. But there are volunteers going on a daily basis, so please leave a message and we'll get back to you. Yeah, and also email info at medwayqueen.co.uk. That's it, same office, yeah. All our uh, information is on our own website, so um, you can keep in touch. Phone in, give us your views. Phone in again, give us our uh, your stories, perhaps of Grandad who come home over from uh, Dunkirk, because what the problem has arisen since we was in touch, or they got in touch with us, about four or five of the old Dunkirk veterans who had walked across France or Belgium, really hungry, and come on board, either swam out or come on board. But they was tired out. They were exhausted. And when you, when you, oh, the Medway Queen Marvis and rescued my life, when you ask them, oh, what was it like coming over on a, under attack and bombs falling each side? Uh, don't know, we all fell asleep. Which is right. They yeah. found, they found a corner and just nodded off. Yeah, somewhere next, comfortable. And the next minute, or sometimes it took 10 hours, they were over in Dover. Summing up, we've got, first of all, the Medway Queen down at Gillingham Pier. Fantastic place to visit. Um, you can get all the history, go on board and see a fantastic trip out. Also, if you want to volunteer, anybody who's got any skills, woodworking, um, electricians, metalworking, they need help in the workshop. Even if you don't have those skills, there's other ways you can help out in the visitor centre, etc. So any volunteers, gratefully accepted. And anybody who's got any spare cash. Well, that, <laughs> that would be ideal. <laughs> we don't like to keep pushing because everybody's looking for donations, but we really do need. We've had our ups and downs, or as I say, same as the tide, in and out, up and down. Uh, but we're still here after all these years. She's still a legend. My claim to fame is, of course, I was a crew member in 53. I'm still involved in it. Well, I've been involved in it over 63 years. I'm now 78. And um, my claim to fame is that I married the ship's cook's daughter. My family, I've been a Medway Queen family. My children, they're well um, conversed in Medway Queen and their stories. My son does most of the emails for me. Come along and see us. There's ample car parking, free car parking. That's the other thing. If if they want any events, as you say, wedding receptions. Well, um, yes. Anywhere for a meeting. Anywhere mm-hmm. for a meeting. We want the children and the schools to come along. We've had Chatham Grammar School. And they come along and uh, the girls are all um, enthusiastic because it involves World War Two, which they are doing in their curriculum at school. Yeah. And uh, when I got to the fact of the evacuees with the uh, gas mask on and all that, they, they knew what evacuees was. And it was rather impressive that we said that the Midway Queen, like a lot of other paddle steamers, on uh, September the 1st, as you will all know, the war broke out on September the 3rd. Um, on September the 1st, they all loaded up um, with evacuees at Gravesend Pier, all Londoners, all the little girls and boys, and uh, all went up the North Sea to Lowestoft, to what they thought was comparative safety. But of course, Lowestoft has bombed more than, more than a lot. But um, they... Had the, um, you know, the incitement of going up the North Sea, which they didn't know where they was going. When they come into Lowestoft, they wanted to know what country it was. You know, the fact it was still in England was a bit disappointed. But of course, 
they were accompanied by quite a few parents, and three of the ladies on the way out of the North Sea give birth. Oh, right. So, if you read the manifest, there were so many people got on it at Gravesend Pier, but three more arrived up there. <laughs> so, oh, there's loads, there's loads of little, little stories like that. Thanks very much for Brian for coming down to my studio, telling us a bit about the, the history and about the Preservation Society. And uh, I hope, as a result of this going out, that some of our listeners out there will end up as volunteers. Hope so. We never know. Glad to see you. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. If you'd like to hear more episodes in this series of podcasts, or indeed see our other podcasts, search for our podcast website in your browser, hospitalradiomedway.captivate.fm. There's four easy ways to listen to HRMFM. Go to our website at hospitalradiomedway.co.uk and click to listen now. Go to NHS Wi-Fi on your device and find us there. Say, play Hospital Radio Medway to your smart speaker or switch your radio on and go to 87.9 FM, the radio station for the Medway Maritime Hospital. This is HRM FM.